test, big test. The test is a test. Is a test is a test. Testing, testing one, two, and three. What's going on, everybody? Hello. Welcome to episode uh, 53, man. Episode 53. 53. It's been, I think this is the year anniversary of the show. Oh my God. How cool is that? Um, I wonder if anybody has been listening to this for an entire year. If you have, I'm so sorry. Has anybody been listening to this since episode one? Probably not. Um, but maybe, maybe this is your first episode. If so, welcome. Hello, everyone. I can't believe I've been doing doing a podcast for a year, man. This was not expected. I remember two years ago, I was having a conversation with a buddy about doing a podcast and I was so anti, I was so anti doing a podcast. I thought it would be a waste of time. I was like a million people already have podcasts and, uh, you know, I'm a million and one, uh, but I don't think it's a waste of time. I I've had a really good time for the past year, mostly been solo episodes. I really hope you guys liked last week's episode with my buddy, Stevie Emerson. Um, it was really fun to sit down with Stevie and talk about social media and life and comedy and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, man, I'm excited for the guests coming up. Really excited for my new table. It's coming soon. I swear to God. I know I've been talking about this table for a while. Um, but dude, when this table arrives, I honestly think the whole show is going to just go off. Like even if nobody else, nobody new watches, just I'm going to be better. Like the show is going to be better when this table gets here and I will walk you through the table the day that the table arrives. I don't want to say anything else about the table. I don't want to say what the table is or what it's going to be about or what it means to me and my life. You're going to find that out when I get the table. It's going to be a badass fucking table, dude. So uh, this po- this episode of the show is brought to you by nobody. I don't have any sponsors. Um, so, <laughs> dude, uh, thank you guys for rocking with me for a year, man. That's that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, I guess I'll say one other thing is like, you know, I, I started doing the podcast because I felt like I, I had the energy to and I had the like c- kind of creative willpower to start a podcast. And um you know, I haven't had one regret about it. I'm, I'm super happy with how it's flowed and, and how I've been like figuring out how to get better and how to not suck as much. I hope you guys have seen that as well. Um, I hope I'm in focus now on the camera. Can't really tell, but we're getting better at that too. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, there's only one way to go from here and that's just to get better. So thank you guys for chilling and vibing and rocking, dude. Uh, lots more fun ahead on the podcast. Um, but until then, what's good with NFTs, baby? What do you guys know about these NFTs, dude? These 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 Neopet foot touchers, huh? These NFTs, dude. These these nucleic these nucleic funky tree houses, bro. What do we know about NFTs, dude? What do we know about NFTs, dude? What do we know? What do we know about these Neanderthal furniture travelers, huh? These, these travelers that are made of Neanderthal period furniture, huh? What do we know about them? Dude, go on clubhouse, learn about NFTs, bro. My pad, the past couple days for me have been so insanely full of being on that clubhouse app. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. You might've seen the video I put out about the clubhouse influencer, that character, that's based on me for the past week, dude. Because as soon as you go on Clubhouse, every conversation is like, oh, yeah, crypto, the crypto world with blockchain. You know, the way blockchain is going to intersect with the crypto world in a pretty crazy way. Because like the AR, VR, AR, TR, CR 
uh, field is is going to kind of come come into category with with the with the with the raging pile of bat, bat shit and the bat. With the, what happens with the feces from a bat is it got kind of get, gets mixed in at the intersection of masculinity and femininity. And then what you have is a feminine masculine pile of bat shit, and that's really cool because the AI. What you do with artificial intelligence, is you can program the artificial intelligence. Really crazy, you guys. Follow me on Instagram, <laughs> dude. I recommend Clubhouse 100%. I think it's going to be uh, the new type of social media app. Um, I think there's going to be a newer, better version of Clubhouse within the next year or two that's just going to take off. Like, remember how Vine was the next hot thing and then Instagram kind of uh, uh, started doing... Um, what did Instagram start doing that took over Vine? Or what so What took over... TikTok, I guess, was the next big Vine? Whatever. Vine, like, dissolved into nothing. I don't know if Clubhouse is going to dissolve into nothing. If it doesn't, then it's going to be the industry leader for a social engagement platform where everybody can talk to each other. And I think that's fucking awesome, dude, because the conversations you're having on there are so cool. Um, you know, I was in a room the other day with, there's a line in that Clubhouse video where I say, yeah, I was in a room the other day and Terry, uh, uh, MC Hammer um, was talking about how uh, we should redefine our theory of, 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 of what life is if energy particles are conscious of their surroundings. Like that's, that actually happened, bro. I was in the room on clubhouse when MC hammer of pants fame started talking about the consciousness of energy particles, dude. That's hammer time, baby. It was hammer time on clubhouse. It was hammer time on clubhouse. When MC hammer starts talking about energy particle consciousness and, and how we now need to redefine our definition of life. Uh, it's hammer. It, it's hammer time. That's what it is. The time is hammer. What time is it? Hammer o'clock. It's hammer time. Clubhouse is insane, dude. I was in another room with Terry Crews. He was talking about his porn addiction, which was really uh, fascinating. Um, and, and fucking really cool of him to, to speak about something like that. So, so that's so close to him. Um, and then these other rooms where uh, even if it's not celebrities, you're just listening to like AI researchers and people who work at Google talking about the next evolution of the internet. Man, it is wild, dude. The shit that's happening right now is like, like if you're, if you're not actively trying to learn about crypto, uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, I honestly feel like you're falling behind just because that's how I felt I was. I felt as soon as I started listening to these conversations, I was like, oh my God, I am so analog, dude. I am so in the past. I don't know what any of this stuff is. That's possible? Wait, that's happening right now? What could that lead to? It's, it's, it's good. It, I, it's just my thought as an idiot that's wearing a Briler t-shirt now available on my website. Um, I truly think that the blockchain technology is going to revolutionize the way people live and interact and communicate. Uh, it's going to revolutionize everything. It could revolutionize voting. You know what that could do? If they put voting on the blockchain, there would never, ever be uh, uh, irregularities or fraud. But you know why the government will never do that? Because they love them some fraud, baby. I'm talking about both parties. I'm not just talking about 2020. I'm talking about I'm talking about as far back in time as you can go. You will see evidence of fraud in different elections, even if it's a little tiny bit, even if it's just rumors, even if it's just conspiracies. All right, but you put that shit on the blockchain, 
and there will never be fraud because no one controls the blockchain. It is the block. It is written in code. It is an AI. It, it, is it an AI system? I don't even know enough about it to like categorize it for what it is. So here I am talking about something I don't fully understand again. Hey, <laughs> it's my time. So I, 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 but I don't think the government would ever go for that because then they would be out of control of uh, the votes. So Unfortunately, our government is uh, corrupt as fuck um, when it comes to all that. And that should, I'm pretty sure that should just be a known fact. Anyways, we're getting way off course here. Um, this is not the Alex Jones show. This is the Brent Pella show. Okay. So the blockchain, I, I truly think that's going to be the future of technology, the, the next evolution of the internet. And it feels like right now talking about, pe talking to people about blockchain, the future of AR and VR, which is augmented reality and virtual reality and what that is uh, leading toward, like the road that that is leading toward, um, feels like what people must have felt like when the internet was first starting in the early 90s. Like the people who really knew about it, right? The people, the people who were at the forefront of the internet. This must have been like what they felt like. Like this excitement, dude. This like crazy excitement about what possibilities there could be to create cool shit in the future. I'm excited for that. I know there's the dangers of it, the dangers of AI, the dangers of new types of warfare, the dangers of new types of, um, I don't know, government control and spying and all that shit. This ain't that show, okay? This is a show of excitement and positive vibes, baby. We talk about the good things in life that we're excited for, all right? You want the bad things and the things we should all be concerned for? I could direct you to 17 podcasts that are trying to uncover uh, the communism that's overtaking the world right now. Okay. You want that? You go listen to a different podcast. This podcast doesn't talk about that. Okay. Cause we focus on happiness and good vibes, baby. All right. We keep the balance in the world over here. We're here to make America vibe again. It's what it says on my hat now available on my website. Okay. Fuck. I'm like a walking billboard today. All right. Um, <laughs> but honestly, dude, it's, it's crazy. Like I've, I've been talking to people on that clubhouse app, man, about NFTs, and, uh, and, uh, uh, the future of blockchain. And I guess now's the time to announce, I'll announce this. Here's a fun announcement. Here's a fun announcement, dude. Here is a fun announcement for you. I will be releasing my first ever NFT. I'm aiming for a release on my birthday, which is March 16th. That is tomorrow. So this podcast actually comes out on Monday, the 15th. So tomorrow is my birthday. That's that's the 16th. So I am planning to release my very first NFT on Tuesday, March 16th. I, I'm excited just talking about it, man. It's like, so an NFT, for anybody that doesn't know, I'll just explain what I uh, um, understand it to be. And, and there's still a lot of gaps in my understanding. So definitely go do your own research and don't uh, take everything I say as, as valid truth because there's a lot more to it. But NFT stands for non-fungible token. Fungible meaning uh, um, what, like copyable or uh, or changeable. But when it when it's not fungible, and token just meaning like a, a piece of media that has an encrypted code on it, that, a one of a kind code. So you take a piece of media, you take a photo or a short video clip or a piece of 3D animated art, right, a graphic illustration, and yeah, you could put that on Instagram and somebody could screenshot it, but they don't own it, right? They just have the screenshot of it. And so there's like this psychology to owning something that has been connected to the blockchain called minted. It's been minted to the blockchain. The blockchain, once it connects, it basically burns an encrypted code within that media uh, that lives forever. So 
and you can check like if somebody says oh look at this nft i got you could check the validity of it you tell them to go to their uh wallet and prove the that it's connected to the blockchain and it, it has a history of um a transactional record of who owned it sold it bought it owns it now etc so you can see you can prove the validity of who owns the thing so it's basically like buying the mona lisa right you can get a picture of it and put it on the wall but um that's just a copy of the mona lisa there's only one mona lisa so there's only one piece of digital virtual art that's been encrypted right so that's what people are selling as nfts and it's really exciting because that's like where everything seems to be moving is into the augmented virtual reality world not a world i think i'm ever going to be fully involved in but definitely a world i'm excited for because of the creative possibilities and the possibilities to create like entertainment content and, and comedy content within a completely new and different space so my nft i i think for the first nft that i will ever release it will be a minted version of the why you shouldn't fly on spirit airlines animated stand-up comedy cartoon that I made a couple of years ago. Now this was the first video that ever went viral for me. The first video that kind of launched my YouTube uh, following and, and thereby launched my following on other social platforms. The first video that I got kind of like widespread recognition for and the first video that kind of motivated me into just working harder as a comedian. Because from then on I started doing a video a week which I kept up and now I do like at least two videos a week and it kind of kickstarted my evolution as a writer producer and performer and it was also one of the most collaborative projects i've ever worked on um with uh, uh my buddy carly who was the animator for it and it was a really fun project so what better thing to create as an nft for my first nft than my first video that ever went viral you know it's, it's a piece of my career history and so i'm hopeful that any collectors or fans of mine would want to own a piece of that history. And I'm um, also hopeful that, you know, for any owners, it goes up in value over the course of, of my career. Um, you know, I think that's what any artist wants is not only for the fan or the owner or the collector to appreciate the art as it is, but also to have it uh, kind of appreciate in value on its own. And, um, and it'll also create, uh, you know, I, I just want to create a cool community with, with all the, all the family out there that listens to the podcasts and watch the videos. And, um, so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm splitting the, the video into two pieces. The first piece, which is a couple of jokes, like the first minute of the video. And then the second piece, which is the last minute and a half that tells the actual story. So it'll be available in two pieces. There will only be five copies of each piece and everybody that purchases one of the pieces will receive a uh, signed still image in the mail um, from the video. I'm going to print a, a really nice resolution image on nice photo paper, sign it and mail it out to you. And then you will own the um, NFT if you purchase it. And you'll also have a, a, an awesome um, still image that I signed from the video. And, and then the question becomes like, okay, well, what do you do with the NFT once you own it? And you know, well, what do you do with art when you own it, right? You put it on your wall, you want to show it off. And so there are already virtual galleries where people put stuff up in their virtual gallery for others to come and check out. And like people check it out, dude. Like if you're not part of that world, it's all good, but that's a world that exists. People cruise around looking at digital art through their Oculus glasses or just on websites and things like that. And it's evolving and it's evolving at a crazy fast rate. So I imagine a future where you can create a piece of digital content or digital art 
and you can come home and as soon as your door opens, you have a little uh, platform in your hallway that pops up a holographic image of this NFT, this 3D or graphic illustrated design, this piece of digital art, and you can enjoy it. You can consume it right there. You look at it, it creates a vibe. It's fucking cool. That's the same thing you do with art when you come home and you see it on your wall. It just adds to the vibe of your place. And so that's what I see NFTs becoming. And it's also just a collectible, you know, like NBA Top Shot um, is an NFT uh, based system. Every video moment in, in Top Shot is an NFT. I just bought my first pack uh, on, on NBA Top Shot. Dude, I was reading an article earlier. This guy spent $175,000 on NBA Top Shot when it first launched. And his collection right now, after like, what, a year, is worth $20 million. I mean, dude, come on. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. So it's a whole world and it's fucking wild. Um, my NFT will launch on Tuesday, March 16th. I don't know what platform. I will post the platform in a pinned comment. Uh, and in the description of this podcast episode on the YouTube channel. And um, it'll be uh, for auction. So there's no set price. It's, it's going to be up for auction. And it's a piece of digital art that commemorates the history of my career and, and my beginnings. And it'll go for what people think it's worth. You know, um, it can be $2. Maybe people just think it's worth $2. And also you have to pay in Ethereum. So that's a whole other conversation. If you're not already involved in cryptocurrency, I recommend just learning because it really, to me, it feels like the future, man. Um, but maybe it'll go for $100,000 and I'll be able to uh, pay back my mom all the money that I owe her from paying for my gas and bills over the years. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, it'll be fun. I'm excited to launch that. I have another NFT project that I would love to drop in April. And um, man, I'm just excited for excited for the future, man. It'll It'll be a cool experience. Um, it's also pretty wild how like with all this NFT stuff going on and, and this blockchain and, and all the AR VR things that are starting to get implemented and used in art and, and entertainment, like, bro, the pandemic is ending. I don't care what anybody says. The pandemic is ending and, uh, people are just going deeper into their virtual spaces. That's so wild. Like, I don't, I don't, who designed that? <laughs> was that the whole reason? Was it to get us to become digital beings that, that don't live in the real world anymore? That's what it feels like. But maybe that's just, you know, LA, New York, and Chicago. Cause I'm about to go to Washington this weekend. Um, I'll be getting back on the day that this episode drops. And, you know, I don't, I, I just wonder if, you know, people all over the country are as into this as people in major cities or not. Um, it's just interesting that we're just, we're slowly coming out of this pandemic as much as the CDC wants to keep us in it by giving us new mask recommendations. <laughs> Do you see that shit? Dude, the CDC said they, they, they recommend, uh, like double flipping your mask and twisting the ties and then putting it back on and looping it over your ear with the twisted ties so that it's fucking tighter on your face. Dude, bro, we are over a year into this shit and you're telling us that now and you expect people to take it seriously and not think you're full of shit over a year into a pandemic you're giving a minor mask recommendation what how was that not a, a recommendation at the beginning if legit why was that not a recommendation at the very beginning because coming out with that now it just seems like you're trying to find new shit 
You're finding, you're trying to find new ways, dude, new things to, to tell us to do. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like, dude. All right. And again, I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupid shit. That's a stupid shit. Hey, CDC, you've released a stupid shit, man. You shitted out some stupid. Some stupid came out of your shitter. Okay. And now it's out and I am anti that shit because it is stupid. It's just dumb, dude. This, the, the dumb shit is just so dumb. Speaking of dumb shit, the Royal family had an interview with Oprah that I didn't watch or pay any attention to, but, uh, apparently a lot of rich people are upset about something. So I don't know. Um, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't even comment on it because I don't even know what it was about. Uh, I guess, Oh, what was it? It was, uh, Prince Harry is mad at the Royal family, um, because there were moments of racism toward Meghan Markle. Sounds like a fucking legit thing to be mad about for sure. Um, I don't know if, if we need a whole Oprah segment about it, you know, uh, maybe, you know, or maybe we do, maybe we do. No, you know what? I changed my mind. Maybe we do need a whole Oprah segment about it. Cause if, if the queen is a racist, we gotta know, you know, if the Royal family over the pond is racist, I think, I think that does deserve an Oprah segment. But a lot of people were trashing it, and I don't know why. I didn't do my research. I'm be honest. Didn't fucking research it because I could not give a shit less about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I just don't care. I just don't care about the royal family. I have no cares in my body for the royal family, and a lot of people do. A lot of people are obsessed with them and follow their every turn of life. Couldn't give a shit less, okay? It's 2021, and we still have kings and queens. Oh, fuck off, man. It's 2021. You're trying to be a queen of something. You're trying to be a king. You're trying to have a castle, dude. You're trying to be a prince. There's princes out there. I know Prince Harry removed himself. He's not a prince anymore or whatever. But there's some princes out there. Dude, no. Just be a, a commie dictator like everyone else. <laughs> no, nah, man. We don't need kings, dude. If you're going to be a king, you need to do some king shit. If you're going to be a king, you need to slay a dragon or something. You need to be able to like talk to owls in the night. If you're a king and you, and you can't speak to owls, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, dude. I don't know what your deal is, bro, but you are not my king. My king can speak to owls. My king goes up into trees at night looking for words of wisdom. And he goes, whoo, 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 And then an owl turns his head around like 360 degrees and goes, and then the king just nods silently and scurries back down the tree and the owl goes back to sleep. And the next day the king looks out at all of his people and he says, no more, (laughs) no more tyranny. I am a servant of the people and I will treat you right. And everybody cheers and shit. And then the owl flies by and like winks at him from above and the king just nods. That's the king I want, dude. If you're going to be a king and you can't do some king shit like that, you ain't my king, bro. You ain't my king. Uh Uh-uh. No. It's 2021 and we have kings and queens? No. If you're a queen too, you need to be, you need to be like, you need to be able to shape shift into a cat. If you're, if you're going to be a queen in the year 2021, and you're just going to be old and rich and white, like the three worst things to be in 2021. Dude, the three worst things to be in 2021 are old, rich, and white. 
if you are two of those three, you're passable. But if you're all three of those things, a majority of the world doesn't like you. <laughs> Dude, if you're over 70, you have hundreds of millions of dollars and you're white, a majority of people do not like you because you probably did some messed up things to get to where you are. Let's be honest. You probably did some messed up stuff. So if you're going to be a queen, an old rich white queen, you do not have my support unless you can transform into a cat. If you can transform into a cat, you have my support. All right. Otherwise, you can miss me with all this queen shit. Okay. You can miss me with this. All right. Ain't no princes. Ain't no princes in 2021, dude. Ain't no princes in 2021, bro. It's 2021, dude. We don't want princes and, and kings and queens, dude. We want, we want, we want NFTs, dude. We want AR and VR stuff. That AR VR stuff is so wild, man. It's like, like, have you guys seen uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, the um, Banksy movie? Highly recommend. Put that on. Put that at the top of your movie list. It's called Exit Through the Gift Shop. Uh, uh, it's all real. It's a documentary about this French dude who followed Banksy around with a camera documenting his art. And then uh, Banksy took over making the documentary because the guy wasn't editing any of the footage. And the guy started making his own art and became uh, Mr. Brainwash, who is now like a famous street artist. Yeah, I'm giving it away, but it's already the story that is already out because it's, it's a documentary. It's based on fact. Um, so go watch it because it's fucking insane. And it really speaks to... Um, like the meaning of art and how art can be meaningless. Remember that banana? Dude, remember that banana that was uh, duct taped to a wall at Art Basel or whatever? Is that what it was called? Art Basel? It was a banana duct taped to a wall and it sold for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Jamie, pull that up. How much did that, how much did that, uh, how much did that fucking banana sell for? Banana on wall, art sold uh, an Italian artist. Oh, he's Italian. Okay. He can get away with it. Duct taped a banana to a gallery wall in Miami as part of the art Basel festival. It sold for $120,000, a banana duct tape to a wall, a banana. I'll say it again. A banana duct tape to a wall sold for $120,000 <sighs> guys, please bid on my NFT that drops tomorrow. <laughs> I think it'll only be live for 24 hours. Um, so that's crazy. Maurizio, Maurizio Catelan, uh, $120,000, man, to, to do that. That's crazy. That's such, that's like, it's like that thing, dude, art people love being made fun of, man. Remember when Banksy, Banksy had a, um, a piece of art up for auction and it sold for a million dollars. And as soon as it sold, he pressed a button, uh, cause he was hidden in the audience somewhere. Nobody knows what he looks like. And the fucking thing got shredded through the frame because he had installed a shredder in the frame and it shredded the thing. And they said, oh, well, now it's worth twice as much. And it's like, dude, art people, like, if you mess with art people, they just say, oh, that's art. That's even better art. <laughs> that's more art. What? yeah, yeah, make fun of us. That's art. That's more art right there. You could, you could duct tape a piece of shit to the wall at a, at a huge museum and they would call it art. You could throw your own shit at a canvas literally and sell that and sell it for tons of money. That's so crazy. It's not even the artist that makes art valuable. It's somebody at a gallery, somebody at a, at a huge gallery can say, you know what? 
I want that piece to be worth $500,000. And it's something you can make in five seconds. So it's like it, art is really the, it's worth whatever you're going to pay for it. Yeah. But at a certain point, it just becomes like obnoxious, dude. So absurd. Like the um, Mr. Brainwash stuff. He copies everybody. All of his art is all copied. He copied a bunch of artists to make everything. And nothing he makes is like original or meaningful. That has no meaning. So I don't know. At least that's what I could gather from uh, from the documentary. Been watching a lot of movies as we sit here waiting for the stimmy check to hit. What do we think of that? Is that stimmy check going to hit? Is that stimmy check going to hit though? I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, boy, cancel culture has had a good time lately, huh? Dr. Seuss, Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, Pepe Le Pew, uh, the word, Hey, you guys, um, what was the other one? Uh, oh, potato head. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, yeah, some of them I understand the potato head one, you know, I thought it was pretty ridiculous at first, but I guess it's a marketing thing at the end of the day. And some people could think it's, oh no, they're just trying to brainwash our kids into wanting to get trans operations. And no, I don't think, uh, anybody under the age of 18 should be allowed, um, on their own to get a, to get a crazy surgery like that. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but it's like the potato head thing. It seems like a marketing thing. Uh, Jeep grand Cherokee, the if 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 it really is the Cherokee Nation that's upset about that, I understand. If it's a bunch of white women in, you know, Naperville, Illinois, um getting up in arms that Jeep is still calling their car a Cherokee, you know. Tell those women to go back to fucking uh Bloomingdale's or whatever. That's not a funny joke, but fuck it. I said it. You know what I mean? It's like it depends to me it depends on who. Like if the if it's the actual Cherokee nation of native Americans that are upset that Jeep is capitalizing on their tribe name, then I think that's valid and should be discussed. But if it's a bunch of white people trying to virtue signal by canceling anything that even nods toward another culture, then no, that seems ridiculous. So it just really depends. The Dr. Seuss stuff. Yeah. The guy had some racist shit. dude. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what Dr. Seuss was on for some of that shit. But, um, I'm glad that, uh, it was only some books and it's not like a whole, you know, never read the Grinch to your kids anymore type of thing. Cause I think that would be the step that's too far, but looking at a book, seeing racist imagery, um, and racist terms, like how Chinese people use pogo sticks to eat their food, but the guys using chopsticks or whatever, there was something like that in there. Um, something else where he referred to somebody as a boogaloo or a spook or something like that. That was really racist and definitely should not be in a kid's book. Um, I forget what it was. Damn. I, sh I should have had the books. I think they're at my mom's, but yeah, dude. The, and it, yeah. Like, how would you argue that if there's rate, if there's obvious racist shit in there? Yeah. Maybe just, you know, stop printing those and anybody who owns them can choose to read them to their kids, but print everything else. Don't, cancel Dr. Seuss, just kind of remove the books that have racist stuff in them. seems very legitimate to me. The Pepe Le Pew one, the skunk one, that's the most ridiculous one. Cause that fucking guy hasn't been on TV in years. All right. He is old. He's an old skunk. He is retired. 
Okay? You should let that skunk be because he is not on TV anymore. But you really want to get go after rape culture and uh, misogyny and you don't want to talk you want you still want to give Takashi 69 radio play, the guy who is an alleged sex offender and was facing sex offender allegations for uh, sexually assaulting a teenage girl when he was over 18. I think she was 16, I think. I don't know. Don't quote me. Look it up for yourself. Um Yeah. But he still gets radio play, you know? He's still on Instagram. You're going to deplatform him, Zuckerberg? Huh? Y'all going to deplatform Takashi69? Yeah, he's been kicked off a couple times. Motherfucker still comes back, you know? But no, dude, let's go after a fucking cartoon skunk. Let's go after a cartoon skunk that hasn't been on TV in years. It's ridiculous. And I think I read somewhere he was going to be in the Space Jam sequel. Let me read this so I can learn live for you guys. Uh, the Looney Tunes skunk has controversy. Da, 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 da. He had a scene and now it's being cut out. But the scene was going to be, according to sources who saw a rough cut, they didn't see a cameo by the skunk. Um, the scene in which Pepe was cut. Okay, here it goes. Pepe hits on a woman at a bar. He begins kissing her arm and she pulls back and slaps him in the chair. She then pours a drink on him, slaps him hard, sending sending him spinning into a stool. LeBron and Bugs are looking for Lola, and Pepe knows where she is. Pepe tells the guys uh, that the cat, whose arm he just kissed, has filed a restraining order against him. Um, and then LeBron has a, a line in the script that says, Pepe can't grab other tunes without their consent. What the fuck? Dude, why did you cut that from the movie? Keep that in the movie. You cut that from the movie? That's a fucking message, dude. How are you going to cut that from the movie? That is so stupid. That whole message shows what not to do. It shows Pepe Le Pew kissing a girl's arm uh, without her consent, and then she slaps the shit out of him and pours her drink on him, and he gets a restraining order, and then LeBron James tells him he can't do that. That's the, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And it got cut from the movie. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, fucking Hollywood. Keep that shit in the movie, dude. Cut Takashi 69 from everything. Keep Pepe Le Pew in the movie to teach kids not to kiss girls on the arm without their consent or LeBron James will tell them that they're being bad. That's how you do it. And they're going to cut that scene from the movie. Instead of teaching a lesson through the movie, they're going to cut out the lesson and just not acknowledge it at all. Fucking lame, weak, stupid, trashy, uh, uh, irresponsible. That is so stupid, dude. Whatever. Whatever, dude. Those producers will probably never hire me after I said this. Maybe they will. I'd say it to them in fucking person too, dude. That's so stupid, man. You have the perfect opportunity to teach the youth and instead you're going to ignore it. You're going to you're going to you're going to remove that opportunity. That's such a great opportunity. It's done it so tastefully. Whatever, man. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm getting hot. Um <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for cruising with me for the past year. Very excited for the year ahead. A lot of really awesome um side projects I'm working right now, working on right now that I'm really looking forward to launching uh in 2021 and 2022. And I hope you'll be there to be a part of them. Okay. So look out for the NFT drop 
coming tomorrow, Tuesday, March 16th, which is my birthday. I will be turning 17 years old. Um, I am 17 right now, but every year I turn 17 again. So uh, I will post the link to the NFT um, in the uh, pinned comment. I will pin it as a comment under the YouTube video of this episode, and I will post it all over my socials, and I will uh, put it in the description so that you can't miss it, all right? So own a piece of Brent Pella history, baby. That'll be fun, man. And then you can show it off in your virtual gallery and play it whenever you want. And that was another big part of the NFT thing is like, I don't want to, I never want to um, give away uh, original copies of my material unless they're on my platforms. I don't even like when other pages share my shit because then other pages share it from their page and then my name gets lost in translation and uh, I never get credit for shit because it gets passed through like seven different layers of accounts. So for this NFT, it's also very special because it's the only time I've ever actually shared an unbranded um exclusive digital original copy of my content so uh you can own that put it in your brett pella museum all right and keep the vibes rolling baby i love you guys okay i'll see you next week have a great week drink lots of water please please drink more water please drink more water okay love you see ya